Hey everyone, welcome to Overtime. This is Dribble's official podcast where we go behind the shots of your favorite designers. I'm Dan Cederholm, your host, and today is episode 11 with Kelly Anderson. Kelly is a tinkerer and a designer and an artist and an illustrator and a printmaker and a whole bunch of other things. She's quite a talented force in the design world, and it's it was a pleasure to talk to her about some of her cool projects like a paper record player. Uh, no joke, and a book that's also a camera, and among other things. Uh, it was a really, really fun chat with her, and uh, it was great to to hear from her in person. I think you're going to enjoy it, and if you do enjoy it, be sure to rate and or review us on iTunes. That would help us out a lot. Today's episode is brought to you by SiteGround, and SiteGround offers web hosting crafted uh, specifically for the creative community. And what's cool is they believe in keeping the web open and independent and give you more freedom to get crafty with your design, own your website content, and move freely between platforms, which is all really, really good stuff. Um, Whether you're using a custom solution or a popular open source software like WordPress, SiteGround has plenty of hosting options that your website can grow into. And get this, Dribbble members get 50% off, 50% off at SiteGround.com slash Dribble. Again, that's SiteGround.com slash D-R-I-B-B-B-L-E. So big, big thank you to SiteGround for sponsoring this episode. And now on to our chat with Kelly Anderson. Welcome to Overtime, Kelly Anderson. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, and uh, I know you're super busy and you're working on like a thousand different things probably. Uh, so oh, we being busy is time. overrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? Yes. But but you're also, I can tell you're having fun too, I think, based yeah. on what, what based on what all the projects we're seeing and, and all your work. It's funny. I kind of have no choice. Like I'm not one of those people who... I think I have a really good work ethic when I'm curious, but if I'm not curious and I'm not trying to like figure something out or like determine to make something work, then it's really, really hard to motivate myself. So I pretty much have to be having fun in order to get anything done at all. I think that's a wonderful goal for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, and I think it's cause I think it shows too, like when you're, you know, in your work, um, like the, I think the first, project i became aware of of yours was quite a while ago actually it was back in 2011 but it's it's this paper record player uh and this was a um this is an invitation i believe correct me if i'm wrong was a, an invitation to a friend's wedding right that you designed and part of it was a record like a, a an actual record like pressed like a floppy record yep and uh and i remember these from like when i was a kid like they'd be in like the back of a magazine or something you know you could pull it out and put it on the record player um and but but also <laughs> you could play the record with a needle and you created the the sound uh, like a an area for the sound to come out i i was blown away this is like insane because not only was the design beautiful and, and everything but it's also this really unique thing and i think the song on the record was a song played by the groom, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that 
Yeah, so um, this was a, a wedding invitation for my friends, Mike and Karen. And Mike is a sound engineer and musician, and Karen is um, she's sort of a, an activist lawyer type. Like she does a lot of work for software freedom and open source software, and um, she's pretty pretty awesome. And they decided that they wanted me to make their wedding invitation, and it made sense that the theme would be music. I actually met. Karen at a concert so it was pretty clear that like music should be the theme here but you know they they kind of came in they're like well you know we have these ideas like maybe we could create sheet music and then people could play it and then it would be interactive and I kind of like I went home and thought about it and I remembered like watching Mr. Wizard when I was a kid and him doing these experiments with cones of paper and needles and like (laughs) basically just like making technology out of like nothing at all. And so, you know, I asked next time I met up with Karen and Mike, I was like, did you guys see this? Does anyone else have this memory? And they're like, Oh yeah, that would be super duper cool. All of our friends would really like that. Like, let's try to make a paper record player wedding invitation. And so (laughs) I think what was like, so fun about it is it's like it's this thing that works like an appliance would work and yet it's like made out of nothing like it's a folded sheet of paper with (laughs) a little needle tape to the end and so it was really I mean as lo-fi as it could get but you know just that that sense of like doing something from nothing was like really super exciting and sort of like set the stage for uh you know what I'm interested in pursuing with my career really yeah, that's amazing. I mean, f- well, first of all, like uh, Mr. Wizard reference, amazing. He was he was cool. I I, I love that show. Did you see that but, <laughs> video of him being a dick? <laughs> yeah, I I actually did. Yes, it, he 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 really. <laughs> I don't think I noticed this when I watched it as a kid. But Me like, neither. Wow. I was like, I was like, Mr. Wizard is a nice guy. Like, how did yeah. they make him so mean? But like, I guess you you know, I guess when you're like really committed to like the facts of physical reality and then you have these kids who know nothing i guess the tendency is to just be a dick to them (laughs) he probably he probably um like didn't want to do the kids show he probably wanted to be an adult show and they're like no no we got to do kids and he's like ah okay screw it and then he's (laughs) he's like kids require a lot of patience let's be honest (laughs) oh they actually do they really really do and uh but but he he was exceptionally impatient with them it's pretty funny that that's hilarious we'll have to link that in the show notes yeah yeah, please, it's worth, please do. It's, 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 it's worth. It's worth. It's definitely way worth important seeing. that everyone yeah. watch that video. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just, I just wanted to make a, a point to to note the first Mr. Wizard reference of the uh, overtime. Um, so this, the whole thing's crazy. I, I not crazy, crazy in a good way. It's amazing, and I, the idea is amazing. And then I also remember watching a video of of you, or somebody p- playing it. You know, so the, you you spin it with your finger. And have the have the needle, a sewing needle, drop on it, and it's actually say it works. Like it sounds, you know, it's kind of it's like this reminder about like how mechanical um, recording was, you know, and still is. Now vinyl's making a comeback. So yeah, um, I have to say that yes, that was me, and yes, I was the only person who could play it that well. 
<laughs> you like you there's like a ta- it's like a talent it's like you're you're a musician by exactly by just, uh, exactly uh, well it's funny because like you end up doing these things with your body like you're dancing like try to keep time because you need to turn it <laughs> at exactly 45 rpm which is no small feat it's like actually really kind of hard to like overcome like your arm when your arm goes back in the rotation it naturally wants to like slump and so it it kind of like makes this warbly sound and so like overcoming that is kind of like overcoming your your nature and how you move as a human or something wow yeah i'm just imagining trying to because because it's in a circle like you're moving your it's just a really not a natural like repetitive motion that you would do right yeah there's Uh, i mean there's nothing on the human body that like wants to move in a perfect circle so (laughs) i'm actually um i'm trying to develop a consumer like mass producible version of the record player so like everyone can play a record by hand and overcoming that like hand turning thing is actually you know the main main challenge with that project because it's fun like it's really fun to be able to turn music with your hand and make that like physical connection of like feeling the grooves and the vibration and having it turn into sound it's like you really get what you were told in science class about like sound being vibration that travels through the air. So, I mean, in that sense, it's really fun, but like, if it sounds like shit, like no one's going to want to play with it. And so it's kind of like one of these things where it's just like, you know, this process of optimization of like, you know, how can I make it so that people have this, like, I guess, you know, wide range to fail, but then like also like gradually get better at it. Hmm. It's more fun than something that like just like automatically works pushing a button. Um, but it, it, there should, it should be like normal playback of a song should be achievable. So I've basically been like wrestling with that for the last year. Um, which is why I've been quiet on dribble. (laughs) Oh, nice. Well, man, I can't wait till you, till you crack this. Cause it, uh, Me I think you, even even if you can't <laughs> even if you can't play it as well as a turntable would, I imagine it's still really fun. Like, and, and my my immediate reaction would be like, okay, I'm gonna scratch on this, so, you know, like, and um, so that that would be easy to do, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely <laughs> easy to make it sound bad, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I I just feel yeah. like it's not something that's going to be like a. I guess like a sticky experience like you're not going right. to want to spend a lot of time with it if it seems like impossible to make it sound right. you know decent like you want to be able to understand the lyrics you want to be able to like recognize the melody because it's yeah. fun like you, it's kind of like another way of playing back like you know a record or a song you really like and so it should sound like there's some similarity <laughs> between what you're hearing and like what the actual song is but uh, um, oh absolutely absolutely um and it and it does like in the video. I remember it. It's you can hear it. it's a song. It's like it's really well, well done. And I just think it's an amazing, amazing idea. So I wonder, like, was this, was this the first, like, turning paper into something better than paper, um, project for you, or had you always been, you know, doing stuff before that? Or well, I mean, when I was a little kid, I was an origami nerd, um, which I, mm. I think, you know, a lot of people who become graphic designers were. So I had worked with paper before, but this is the first time when I tried to make it into a functional thing. And it was like, it was like one of those projects where I felt like, oh, this is a cool idea. I want to pursue it. And then we made it and I was like, yeah, I'm really into this. This is really super cool, but didn't really 
understand why. I just understood that it was just like pleasing to my brain in some dumb way. But, um, <laughs> you know, after after I, I made it and we released it into the world and I made a video documenting it, like people kind of freaked out in a way that I was not prepared for at all. Like the response was kind of amazing. I got invited to go give a TED talk. I mean, just like all this crazy stuff happened nice. where That's I was like, amazing. all right, I guess, you know, <laughs> I guess I'm the person who made this now. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, there were a lot of offers that rolled in from companies who wanted to offer record player wedding invitations as like a product like that they'd mass produce. And I was kind of like, you know, this just doesn't seem like the best use of this idea Um, that I agree seems like this cool novelty, but I don't completely understand on a philosophical level yet. And so I kind of sat on it for a few years until I felt like I was really prepared to continue exploring an idea, the idea in like a direction that like did it justice if that makes any mm. sense, yeah, no, it does. It does. Like you wouldn't, know, you wouldn't have to become a novelty. It wouldn't be a novelty anymore if someone's mass producing them for, uh, for folks. And I, I think the the fact that you, the meaning behind why you built it is really, really compelling. You know, they're they're musicians. You met them, and I just wonder the thought process though, because you you knew you wanted to do something musically related, and and well, I guess we talked about Mr. Wizard. Again, but was that where did the inspiration come from to say, "Hey, I'm going to do this, and I can put a needle in the <laughs> in the paper, and it'll work." Well, I think maybe it just comes from my own like sort of rebellious. I'm still a teenager at heart. Impulse of like, all right, so you know, wedding invitations are this, and they're expected to do this. Like, can we do something better with it? Like, what else can this thing do? Um, mm. And so I think like that. I mean. I want to say I love my friends so much. I wanted them to have the coolest wedding invitation in the world, which I think is in part true, but I think I'm inherently just like always trying to like figure out like what else I can do with something. Like if there's an opportunity to kind of like hack it and make it more interactive or, you know, push it into some domain where people are forced to engage with the media in like a totally different way. Like, you know, you're not used to like, playing a wedding invitation or like receiving a holiday card that's an animation you know just bringing like a wider range of experiences into media is sort of like just something that like I've always found like just personally really exciting I mean it's really not honestly like an attention-seeking thing like I don't want to feel special it's just like that that's what I find exciting and so um the fact that they were game to like let me experiment with their you know once in a lifetime special day and create this like science project to send all their friends was like really super awesome (laughs) yeah it's funny i was i was gonna say like oh there's not you know there's not much pressure because it's not a client thing and it's like wait a minute this is like someone's someone's wedding invitation i guess there is a lot of pressure there obviously but uh i think that's great i mean that's something we, we should all be doing you know it's and i understand it's like it's not trying to gain attention it's more like it sounds to me it's more like the fun in solving this puzzle in a different way right yeah yeah totally but then you know once I did it and I was like oh this is cool there's like something here then I started to like really think about it like I I went to school for 
to grad school for art history. So I have the capability to go down like insane rabbit holes on anything. Like you could give me like a wooden <laughs> stick and I could like write like a 15 page paper on that wooden <laughs> stick. So, um, you know, I started thinking about like, all right, well, you know, what, what is there to this? And I, you know, I, I came up with, you know, the reason why the record player thing is cool is because, you know, a, none of us like understand how technology works anymore. It's like pure magic stuck in these black boxes Mm -hmm. and we can't see inside of it. And B, you know, when we do strip down technology to what's necessary and sufficient and make it like super duper minimal, then like you can actually get closer in touch with like, these underlying forces, you know, that make the world work, you know, these physics forces, you know, the, the principles that engineers use when they're building things. Um, and so, I mean, I think that, you know, most of the time when people talk about this, they talk about like lo-fi magic. Um, but I, I, I don't even know, it's not even really magic. It's like more of like an infrastructure. And like, if you know that the world is capable of, you know, supplying that infrastructure, I feel like you can be a better designer because you can think about ways to like tap into it and like really like, you know, build things that work off of like how sound inherently works or build things that work off of like how light works. Like that's really exciting to me because I feel like it gives you and also like the user a a glimpse into, you know, how cool the world is. And that's something that like travels beyond the experience, you know, like, once you know about sound being vibration, like you'll think about that next time you're at a concert and you feel the floor wiggling. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like super cool. Like I feel like it, it like doing that project and like then sitting down and like nerding out and thinking about why it was cool, like enriched my life in a way that like, I feel like it's, it's kind of my duty to like keep on making projects like this. Um, especially like as technology becomes like more and more complex and like harder to follow. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's like, especially for kids like growing up without, you know, I, I remember using a record player. So, and and so it, it's a reminder of that. But like for, for people that haven't really experienced that, and then they would see that, you know, like how this works mechanically, that's going to be mind blowing. Did um, you have that Fisher Price one that was like yellow and brown and orange? Or was that just me? Totally. I remember that. Yeah. It's like my, my first record player. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I used to, I used to scratch. I used to have this Ernie and Bert, um, record that where like Ernie's taking a shower and Bert like wheels in a piano and cause the acoustics are good. And I remember using it to scratch like, (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome that's a weird tangent um i'm happy you were a dj at a young age <laughs> yeah i really i was tried to be like i you know i was like into break dancing and i, I just had this ernie and burt record lying oh my around God, but, that's so cool um, but, but anyway, i think anyway. i heard about like i heard about the um like all the conspiracy theories surrounding the beatles records that like if you played things backwards you know it was oh like, yeah oh, right i buried paul and then there was like right. this conspiracy theory that paul was actually dead and um mm-hmm. so like once i found that out i started like yeah destroying like every record in sight <laughs> yeah like playing them all backwards to see what they say yes absolutely i mean you can't do that with well, I mean, I guess you could with digital, but not the same. You know, like those Easter eggs are are so cool. So you were saying like uh, this, 
this particular project was was sort of uh, inspirational for the rest, some other things that you did, and and that was the next thing I was going to ask about. And, and this is a <laughs> this is amazing too. It's a book that's a camera. So the name of the book is "This Book Is a Camera," and it literally is a paper camera that yeah, pops I'm, out of the I'm book. Yeah, I'm the queen of like really accurate titles. <laughs> I, lo- I love I love the title. It's perfect. <laughs> So I wonder what if you tell us about this one because this is insane too, and I, I and I use insane in, in a good way in this in this case. But uh, it literally is a camera that comes out. You can see, you show you know samples of what the pictures look like when they come out, and they're they're awesome because again, there's there's sort of a lo-fi aesthetic there to to it. But um, yeah, well, tell us about this one because this is this is kind of mind blowing too. Yeah, well, um, so all you need to make a camera is a light-proof box with a hole in it. And then you need something light-sensitive to, to capture the image. But, um, you know, in, in theory, you could black out all of the windows in your house. You could make a little hole in the blackout material, and it would project a photo on the back wall, and that's called a camera obscura. So that's the the most pared down minimalist type of camera but um this book is a camera is basically just an elaborately folded piece of paper <laughs> with a hole in it um but it works as a camera so you open the book and it's it's a pop-up book and a camera pops out and you can take photos with it using either film or photo paper it comes with photo paper and then you can develop it in your bathroom um using stuff that you can find in your kitchen so um instant coffee and baking soda in in this uh instance yeah instant coffee and baking soda yeah wow it's actually it's it's washing soda that you should use but it's like really hard to find washing soda so Hmm. you can bake baking soda in the oven for an hour and it turns into washing soda it like needs an extra carbon which you know you get from burning things and so you burn baking soda and then you have washing soda it's pretty cool wow wow can I play the part of Mr. Wizard now and kind of like yell at you like passive aggressively? Yeah, please. Sorry. Be a dick. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, I I uh I think you're you were saying, "Oh, it's just a it's just a box and a hole in it." But I guess for me, I I was just kind of I was blown away. And I remember working with photo paper as a kid too. But um I just think the 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 concept of <laughs> that this thing pops out of a book and you can actually use it to take pictures. Uh, it's brilliant. Totally brilliant. Now, have you, have you heard like people that have used this? Have you heard, um, or have you seen, you know, people share the photos that they're taking with the book or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the best is when a professional photographer gets their hands on one because, Mm, um, you know, with analog photography, you have to, to meter, which means like to take a, a reading of the light in a situation and then figure out how long your exposure time needs to be. And so, you know, the, the best people at using the book are honestly people who have experience with analog photography, but you know, anyone can use it. And it is like, it's just like super cool and gratifying a to like see when people take photos and post them online. But B is to explain to people that like this is possible. Um, when I, I made it while I was a creative resident at Adobe and um, for some insane reason, they offered me booth space at a, Adobe Max, which is like this big tech conference where people are like showing off yeah. their like super yeah, awesome that's, 3D that's a huge printers. conference. Yeah. So it's like yeah. all these like legit like technology companies are displaying things. And then there's like 
me with my paper cameras. And so, um, that was actually really fun because like, you know, along with the creative residency program, we set up this paper camera booth and, and took a bunch of people's photos and people were just like, so convinced that it was a trick that there was like a digital <laughs> camera hiding inside the paper oh, box. <laughs> and I was like, no, like it, light is actually magic. This is how it works. Like, you know, and it, it just like spent like seven hours a day explaining to people like how things could be in focus, like without using a lens, you know, like, mm. you know, talking about like how projectors work and like, you know, how you basically just like, you know, calibrate the placement of like where that projection screen is. And like, that's what makes something in focus and not, um, so, yeah, I wow. mean, it's really super fun to be evangelical about the physical world and like how magical the physical world um, is like, you know, through these things. Yeah, it, 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 it is like and I, I think because it's it's so well designed, um, you know, your talent as a visual designer applied to this stuff it makes a big difference. And that's why people are hearing about it. And um uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I mean, this idea of interactive paper. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it's like paper folded into functional things. I, I'm not even sure yeah. really what to to say, rather than just like saying like this book is a camera <laughs> because yeah. then people yeah, are yeah. like a book isn't a camera, but like yes, it can be a camera. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love it. And I, I think, you know, going further into your portfolio, you know, there's paper is is used in a lot of different ways. There's like a paper EQ yeah. that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about because, it you know, the, the meter the EQ meters are going up and down and I assume there's paper. Yeah. Controlling that. Um, that was for <laughs> uh, that was for this really cool project that I did for for NPR. They had done this um, story about women's voices and like the unfair way that people judge women's voices. Um, that there's like there's all these like new studies being done by biologists that show that people prioritize lower pitched voices. And so there's like a lot of hostility that uh, NPR correspondents have had to endure over the, the decades that they've, they've had uh, female reporters. Wow. And wow. so it, they did this whole story like about those biological findings, but also went and talked to these NPR reporters who have basically been getting hate mail for years and years about like the crazy things that people have said to them about their, their voices. Um, and so they put together that story and then approached me to make a paper stop motion animation, uh, showing what was going on. And so the paper EQ thing was like for that, that NPR, um, it's called wow. talking while female and it's really, it's super good because like, I realized the, my own biases that I had listening to it, that like, I actually had been judging people for years for having like Valley girl voices and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's like, we all really just can't help, you know, what our voice sounds like. <laughs> That's so true. That's you just very stop true. judging people for it. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. It is what it is. Yeah. And, um, well, that's fascinating. So, uh, <laughs> paper EQ. Yeah. Uh, and so the the other thing I wanted to talk about too, and is uh, this is a more a more recent shot of yours. It's the human body now featuring skin, and I, I think this is a project that you're working on for Tiny Bop, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So Tiny Bob, um, Tiny Bob are some old friends. Um, you know, my my friend Yunga and my friend Raul uh, started this company called Tiny Bob, and they make educational apps for kids that are not games like there's no stated goals within these apps like the reward within the apps um you know is just sort of like curiosity so you know it allows you to tunnel deeper and deeper into things and so like you open up the human body and it's this anatomy app and you can see the heart and you can click on the heart and go further and further into it and interact with it in a variety of ways but it doesn't like tell you what to do like there's no right way or wrong way to use it um and so I really like appreciate that philosophy because I feel like so many like kids games are like training kids to go after like gold stars and that they expect a reward for doing it and this one app right, is right. like you know no your reward is like knowledge and you know yeah. that will, will reward your curiosity by like hiding things like there's easter eggs all over the human body you know and and kids find <laughs> them um so but yeah, so we, um, I did all the illustrations for that app when they originally released it in 2014. And we had, it's sort of structured like a traditional like 1950s biology textbook. If you've ever seen that with like the acetate yes. pages. Oh yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah, I had yeah. a so world like, book encyclopedia that had those. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. like it, it's sort of the digital version of that, that like every different system, like the respiratory system, the circulatory system is all on a different layer that you can turn yeah. on and off and isolate it. So, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's pretty it's pretty cool. But um we didn't put in the skin. And I think part of that is that, you know, they really have this dedication to being inclusive. And just from a programming standpoint, it was like really difficult for us to figure out like how we can include every different skin tone on earth and also like included at all of these different zoom levels and like the app wasn't even coded in in swift it was whatever the predecessor was and so um yeah it was definitely a technical challenge on their end to figure out how to incorporate skin even though it is like the biggest organ in the body um into this app mm-hmm. and so we we recently conquered that and uh pushed an update to the app and so now kids can like make the the body look more like them which is really cool but also like learn all about how skin works which is cool for me too because like i don't really know this stuff so it's an education for me and all of like the five-year-olds that use this yeah well (laughs) yeah it's the thing is like you say it's a kids kids app thing but it's really like it's really for anybody because there's i mean just looking through this i'm 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 learning things just looking at your illustrations. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, like we and, consulted and, like not one heart surgeon, but like multiple heart surgeons because like getting oh, wow. the approval yeah. of one just wasn't enough. Cause it's it's hard because like you know you see diagrams of the heart, but you don't see it in three dimensions. And mm-hmm. one of the things that the surgeons were telling us is that like you know we have these these anatomical representations of the human body, but like no one's body looks like this. You know, you look around at like just like different people's body shapes and stuff. And it's like the inside of your body is like that too. Like the heart doesn't have like this definite shape. It has a typical shape, but like there's a lot of variation. And so we were kind of driving ourselves crazy with being as accurate as possible. But um, Mm. I don't know. I think we, I think we did a pretty good job, but um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I hadn't even really thought about that. I kind of just assumed everyone's heart was the exact same shape. 
<laughs> yeah. Or like like a heart, like a Valentine heart. Right? Yeah, I mean that would be a lot. <laughs> I'm squeamish, so that would be a lot better for well, me. It, but... it would be. Yeah, I. Well, that's funny. I not funny, but I, I'm kind of squeamish too. So looking at looking at some of this stuff is is fat. So it's what's cool though is you've got you've got a, this aesthetic going in the app, and I'm curious, like, because there's also paper components. There's some stop motion paper things that you did for them too. Was did this start digitally or start in paper or, or um, curious of the process on that? Yeah, it, it started, it started digitally. Like I drew everything in an illustrator that they needed for the app. And so the process was basically like, you know, I'm too squeamish. I'm not going to do all of the research about open heart surgeries. Like you guys send me the photos. And so they did the <laughs> research and found like, you know, the platonic ideal of the heart, sent it to oh, me. Great. I stared at this one um, and I illustrated an illustrator. But um, at the end of the project, like I had, I think like 270 different drawings of body parts. And so I thought like, okay, well, I already have these vector shapes and I have this um, graph tech cutting machine called a, a craft robo. I was like, why don't I just like cut all of these pieces out and I'll make this this gift for my friends and give them this like paper body, you know, and this wow. will like be a nice gift so they can like, you know, have this like as sort of like a monument to their first project because it really was like such a big effort on everyone's part. And um, mm. so I made this like paper corpse and I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Like I should animate this. And so I, I tried my hand at stop motion and um, it was just like, it was just like magic. It was so, so much fun. And um, so I, I just kind of did that for them as a, a gift, but then they like hired me like all legit, like the next time that they made an app, they're like, you know, <laughs> that paper stop motion thing worked pretty well. So like, let's, let's do this for all of our advertisements for our apps. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. See, that's, that's, that's a that's a great tip. Like, do do something cool that you that you know is going to be cool, and it could learn. It could lead to uh, to more work. Yeah, I think that that's work, the only you know? way that the world works. I mean, honestly, because yeah. like, I we're the creative people, and so you can't expect someone else to like be able to dream up what your capabilities might be. You kind of mm. just have to like do what you know is going to be exciting and engaging, and then get someone you know somehow get someone to pay for it you know if you put it yeah. out there if you build it they will come you know uh, <laughs> it's true absolutely absolutely. <laughs> absolutely and and uh i'm just looking at the stop motion now which we'll we'll have we'll also link of course um and it is amazing like the heart's beating and the blood is pumping through the, <laughs> the paper veins uh so cool um so how did how did this all begin for you in terms of design and and uh just i'm curious because you're combining um you know visual design and and information design and science really too and i wonder if that's always been those things have always been interesting to you or that sort of grew and grew out of uh something else yeah i mean i i was definitely a science nerd as a kid like i was always doing drawings but when people asked me like what i wanted to be when i gr grew up i would you know i always had some I want to be a biologist or I want to be a zoologist or, you know, whatever I had, had learned about. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, as a kid, like you just don't have much control over your fate. And I think that like 
you know, observing cause and effect in the world and like learning the principles about like why things happen, like gave me some modicum of control that was like somehow comforting. And so, you know, science, like I guess the philosophical dimensions of science and its appeal has always been really apparent to me. And when I was in high school, I had a really fantastic physics teacher and, you know, it almost swayed me to like not go to art school. I was like, you know, maybe I should study physics, um, even though my, my brain isn't really set up to be a math brain. I'm way more of like a visual person. But when I got an undergraduate school, I was like, okay, so I can double major in fine art and physics, right? Like this totally makes sense. Like it's all about like how material works and how the physical world works. And so these are, this is a natural pairing. And like, they thought I was totally crazy. Like it was not part of, you know, uh, the curriculum at all. Like there was no apparent overlap. And so, you know, I've just kind of been, um, you know, an artist and creative person and maker who just does like an intense amount of research on the side, you know, like I try to keep up with science news and, um, you know, if I see something like an optical illusion or something that I don't understand, like I try to find like the scientific research behind why it works. And that's, been really great in like opening these I don't know like inroads to like new projects that I wouldn't have otherwise thought of and so you know I definitely try not to like whatever you say like I guess lose track of the plot on that stuff because I feel like it's really important and um it's really just like always been a part of of who I am wow super inspiring actually um so cool so before we go, I I wonder if if you could share just what what what's next for you, like um and and what you're working on these days. Well, um, you know, since since Trump was elected, I've been trying to make myself useful to uh, activist groups and America <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. So I'm working on some things for Excellent. like the tax march and the science march. Um, so that's really good because yeah. it keeps me connected to the world and, you know, it's just like, I don't know, I feel like I just can't sit here and draw like pretty little icons. Like it just drives me me crazy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that makes me feel good, like I'm doing something, but also calling my representatives too, which is probably more important. Um, but, um, you know, I'm also, my first like big mass produced book um, is coming out in September. It's called This Book is a Planetarium. And it's been a long time coming. Like I actually started working on it before the camera book, but um, just like the complications of like working with a big publisher, like it, it just got delayed. And so um, mm, yeah. it, it's coming out in September. It's really, it's pretty cool. Cause it's not just the planetarium. Like there's an instrument in there. There's um, a perpetual calendar. There's a spirograph. There's like all kinds of like fun functional things. And wow. all of them um, are like, you know, <laughs> very very colorful and designy but like also like provide a complete explanation of like why it works and so um, what i'm hoping is that like it will be an inroad to science and math and a lot of these you know physical world concepts for people who understand the world visually or tactily um you know mm -hmm. like artists mm -hmm. and designers and so like i'm hoping that you know people will be able to use that book to get ideas for their own projects and um and also just like have a better understanding of how the world works so so wow. yeah that's coming that out sounds, in september so Ooh. it's coming out in september yeah and with a big publisher 
Yeah. So people will be able to buy it. Yeah, you can buy it right now, actually. It's on Amazon. Oh, you can pre-order it. Okay, excellent. But it's been there for like two years, and so I feel weird because every once in a while people email me and they're like, hey, what's up with that book? And I was like, you know... It's like I have a very limited control, you know, when I self-publish something yeah. like you could be mad at me in this case, like, you know, just call my publisher, <laughs> yeah, right, right, send right. the hate mail there. <laughs> well, it also <laughs> it also sounds like a massive project, right? It's like it's like all the things we just talked about, like times 10 in one one book, right? Yeah, it, it's funny because like I had made all of the prototypes for that book and did the design and did all of the research. And I was like, wow, this is a monumental effort. Like, I can't believe I did this, like pat myself on the back and walk away. And that was like at the end of like 2014. And I swear, like if, if you're planning on mass producing a project, like it's amazing because like, you know, this book that I worked on is going to be like at Walmart in like, you know, the middle of Missouri, like kids, Kids that I would never have access yeah. to will see this and I'll be able to corrupt their mind. But, <laughs> you know, on the other hand, like it's kind of like I've done the same project 20 times in a row because it'll come back from the manufacturer and it'll be a little bit off. And, you know, naturally as, as, a, as a perfectionist and like as like, you know, a person who wants to make products that do what I say they're doing, um, you know, I, I have to like figure out exactly what is different between like what I sent and what they sent back. And like, so I basically like had to remake this project like 20 times. So it's it's, whatever. I think it's really good that I'm a stubborn person because otherwise (laughs) I think I would have walked away like a year ago. (laughs) And just quit. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, glad you stuck with it. It's going to, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Oh, thanks. Based, based on everything else we've seen from you. Well, I mean, it's a five-page um, book, so I mean, there's kind of a limit to how amazing it can be. But um, it's funny because, like, every once in a while, I talk to my mom. She's like, "What are you working on?" I was like, "Still working on my five-page book." <laughs> Five, five-page book. <laughs> it's not about page count, right? Right. It's a it's book that turns page. into a planetarium. So right. you know. <laughs> Right. Whatever. I mean, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> this is amazing. So, Kelly, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, that was really, really fun. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna look for the book when it comes out. We're gonna keep an eye on what you're uploading, and um, they can find you at kellyanderson.com, right? Yes. Oh, that's okay. another big project I've been working on. I'm remaking my website, so it will be like. A modern website like within the next like couple months i'm so excited finally oh, fantastic. i'll be a modern Man. human again it's awesome yay <laughs> there's two, there's like two two little sneak peek things we've heard then yeah the book and a new website so keep an eye out for kelly and yeah thanks again so fun yeah thanks for having me I, this was this was legitimately fun <laughs> thanks All take right. care bye